0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, May 1st, 2020. Mayday, mayday, mayday. We made it. May 1st. Turning that calendar. I love it. New month. Hopefully some uh, new progress on this lockdown and daily life. Hopefully them changes, but for now, no, no real huge changes. I'm still uh, locked in the house here, having gone out a whole lot, uh, except for a few, you know, a few regular activities, walking or going to the store and such. You know what I found about myself recently? I could drink coffee all day. I started drinking coffee a lot more a few years ago, and recently I, you know, started drinking it black as it's supposed to be drank. I drink it all day. I don't know how many times I've looked, and I've been like, you know, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm still drinking coffee, but Uh, I guess it's better than other alternative. you know what I mean? Uh, Water's good too, but yeah, I I love my coffee, even though it's 90 degrees outside. Hot black coffee just does does it for me. And it got me thinking, you know, everyone puts so much sugar and creams and all these flavored coffee, iced coffees. If if that's your thing, hey, fine. But but man, it drives me nuts sometimes. It's like, you just, you imagine like the cowboys out in the desert uh, when they were, you know, making breakfast and, and such. You're know, like making coffee and hadn't showered in four days. I'm like, oh, can you pass can you pass the flavored cream, please? Uh, you know, it's just, oh, man, it drives me nuts. Black coffee is the way to go, and I'm drinking it all day, and I got some with me right now, even. Another thing on my mind today is dog etiquette. I've never owned a dog. Our, our, our roommates here have a dog, and, and he's a great guy. But, man, some of the neighbors the houses aren't too far apart from each other and the dog activity drives me crazy. It's like no one else hears a dog barking. I'm like, "Uh, it's 6 a.m. and your dog is barking. Like, you don't think to go down there and there may be other neighbors who are uh, asleep or maybe work the night shift or or whatever and and people just let their dogs bark. It drives me crazy. It's, It's unbelievable. I don't know if they put them outside just for the day, Uh, one dog in the neighborhood, they just, they put him outside next to this, uh, the side gate and he just sits there and he barks all day, all day. And then, uh, you know, when they're home, he's in the garage and he's still barking. I'm like, you guys have to hear this. It's amazing to me what people, uh, people see what they want to see and people hear what they want to hear. Obviously that's a scenario. And just, Oh man, I think I've been cooped up too long and maybe it's getting to me more than it usually does. But people with your dogs, Hey, let's uh let's control the barking out there you know what i mean like if if a baby's crying you're gonna do your best to uh to uh you know stop some crying it needs something and uh, i i gotta imagine it's the same with dogs uh my my roommates are great if, if the dog here starts barking they they get on him and shut it down real quick and uh yeah just man it's, it's not one it's not two it's like the whole neighborhood there's a bunch of neighbors who just let the dogs bark and it drives me crazy Anyway, I've rambled enough. I know I sound like a 68-year-old man, uh, and I probably am in a 35-year-old body, but uh, what are you guys up to? You guys, any changes, anything? You know, I've I've looked back on my days, and I'm like thinking, man, I I pretty much, I work on the podcast. I'll watch uh, Rescue Me at Night, which is a show I haven't finished yet about a firefighter, Tommy Gavin, and and a firehouse in New York City. I've enjoyed it a lot. I've been watching that uh, for years now. I just restarted it, or you know continued it after the long layover layoff uh and so I watch that during the day kind of by myself and then at night uh you know me and Valerie usually watch Frasier uh, we haven't seen all of that series all the way through and that's just hilarious so a little bit of throwbacks there there's a plenty of shows I got to get to eventually and I will I got a list that anyone who knows me I, I write these things down and we'll eventually get to it uh, so that's, I'm like, man, that's, that's kind of the daily routine, you know, get some exercise in here and there too. And, uh, yeah, it's like Groundhog's Day, like that movie, you know, just doing the same thing over and over. So hopefully we have some changes here in May. Uh, if not, uh, you know, it could be an interesting summer if things don't change here quickly, I'm drinking too much coffee and, uh, analyzing dog barking and, and talking about shows that are 10, 15 years old, maybe longer. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. And I'm so glad I have this place to vent to you guys with the, uh, the podcast and such. Uh, it, those who are following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, thank you so much for doing so. And uh, thank you to a couple emails I recently received. Just some encouragement, but also some uh, topics, some questions about uh, some potential guests and such. You can follow the podcast or listen to it, I should say, on many platforms. Anchor's a good one. Uh, it, it goes pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. We appreciate it if you add us to a favorite. Uh, that, that's a big help for us as we try to continue to grow the podcast here. Today we have on the show Christopher Gonzalez, a really good friend of mine. I, he's one of my favorite people that I, I came across in baseball. Uh, minor league baseball and now he works college baseball we were partners in the cal league in 2012 i cannot believe that was eight years ago but we also started umpiring uh, the umpiring journey i should say in 2009 we went to the jim evans academy of professional umpiring i can't believe that was 11 years ago so uh time is flying Uh, he's moved on to some great things he's originally from sacramento lives in san jose now with his family you know, we don't see eye to eye on everything. He's a Sacramento Kings fan, a San Francisco 49ers fan. Uh, he's more of an R and B guy than than my like country music and such. But uh, you know, opposites uh, can attract and get along. And so we're, we're, we're about some diverse opinions here and bringing Chris on. So, no, I, I'm all kidding aside. I love the guy. So happy for the success he has. He has two beautiful sons. Uh, he he married a, a wonderful young lady in, in Katarina. Uh, her family is amazing, a uh, Croatian family, super generous and just outgoing and to spend some great times with them up north when I was up there. Uh, Christopher's mom, Christine said, wonderful lady, very uh, generous as well and always been kind to me. So i uh, really looking forward to the conversation with Christopher Gonzalez. He likes Christopher other than Chris uh, I've called them all kinds of things. Uh, usually neither of those two, but uh, <laughs> let's bring Christopher on uh, right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, we are joined today on the program by Chris Gonzalez. He is a former AAA baseball umpire, a current college baseball umpire. He is in tech sales up in the San Jose area. And he's also a former uh, a partner of mine from the minor leagues. So I, it is my privilege to introduce Chris Gonzalez. Hey, Chris. Hey, Matt. How we doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing well, sir. Good to talk to you
1: as always. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, this is awesome. Uh, what uh, what episode are we on now?
0: You know what? Uh, we are well into the 20s. Uh, oh, this all right. will, Yeah, yeah. We we started as a you know one month once a month just talking into my phone randomly and, and now we got guests and everything and you're like the, the 30th person on my list I wanted to talk to. So here <laughs> we are.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there were some uh, some no's to get me here, but I'll take whatever I can get.
0: Hey, a promotion is a promotion, right?
1: <laughs> that's, that's right. Hey, I played that number <laughs> game before. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> well, we'll talk some baseball in a minute, Chris, but what can you tell me about Uh, Your current job and and what's going on up in uh, Northern California for you and and also how the quarantine has kind of affected everything, what your daily life is like.
1: Yeah, that uh, that whole scenario um, that you just mentioned has been kind of a a roller coaster for me. Um, I'm in tech sales, as you mentioned, I'm uh, in kind of I would say wholesale tech sales. So I I sell to uh, organizations that sell our product. Um, uh, given the, the work from home, we did a little bit of reduction of force, uh, about two weeks ago. I, my position was eliminated, uh, as, uh, you know, I'm sure many, uh, uh, you know, people that are listening, um, were, were as well. So, um, I was retained luckily. So very fortunate to, to be able to do that uh, and took a position, um, that I used to do. And then actually just this last Friday was, uh, they kind of reshuffled the deck and created, Uh, another position for me to step back into. So it's been a roller coaster, um, you know, just from a a job career path, but as well, uh, I have a two-year-old and five-year-old that you're aware of, Roman and Dante, and they're not, (laughs) they're not at the age where they can really um, (laughs) keep themselves entertained. So uh, it's been difficult and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, like I mentioned, but uh, you just feel like you're kind of, uh, you know, coming up short uh, in all facets. Can't give them the, the attention that they need. Can't give work the right amount of attention. Can't give myself the right attention. My wife, um, it, it's been stressful, but you know we're getting through it. Everyone's healthy, so it certainly could be a lot worse. I, I've got a job, and um, you know we're making the most of it.
0: That's good. That's that's all you can do. That's all most people can do these days. Is is uh, like you said, (laughs) do what you can. I mean, it's the card, uh, it's the the hands we've been dealt and and just what we got to deal with. So, uh, well, that's interesting, Chris. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, the way things turn quickly for you, uh, they turn right back. So, so that's, that's gotta be a blessing for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, obviously it was a gut punch um, um, at first, but uh, all things considered, I think it's actually going to be a better position for me and, Um, we'll just see, it's going to be interesting, kind of starting a new role, uh, remotely and trying to get your grasp on, on some, some new things, but, uh, welcome the challenge and, uh, looking forward to it. It's, you know, with a company I've been with for two years and, um, things in the tech industry here have been pretty solid. It's been a good, uh, vertical to be in considering what's going on and I'm in data management and data protection. So it's, uh. It, it's kind of gone hand in hand with kind of everything we are, uh, we're dealing with. So uh, I've been fortunate, very fortunate in that respect. It could be uh, a lot worse to know a lot of uh, friends and um, quite a few friends uh, from Sacramento and, and people I grew up with that uh, are, are struggling right now. So, um, you know, we'll uh, keep the fingers crossed and, and do all we can to, to, to keep it, uh, keep it going.
0: Yeah, and 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 uh, you know my best to to your family up there, and everything is is going smooth. It's it's glad to hear. You know bumps, bumps on the road, but but all in all, that's it's good to hear that uh, you guys are doing well. So, um, Chris, there was a time in your life where you had gone to college. You went to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. You, that's where you met your uh, your lovely wife, and you then got into another job or Mm -hmm. you you were in a job that for, for all, you know, for all intents and purposes was probably a pretty good job. And (laughs) on paper, it looked good and you were making probably decent money and everything, but there was something missing for you. Right. And you eventually left that job and decided to pursue this thing called umpiring. So what can you tell me about (laughs) what that process was like in your life?
1: Uh, It's something I'll never let my son do. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm just joking. Uh, I loved every second of it and and would do it again in a heartbeat. But, yeah, um, you know, went to Cal Poly, grew up in Sacramento, went to Cal Poly, met my wife uh, freshman year. Um, We dated throughout college and then uh, got done with school, um, like I think a lot of young kids out of school think that they're just supposed to go get a job right and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life well i got into finance got my series seven um well it was right before the economy crashed so i look back on it now in consideration of, or you know in consideration of uh what i was making then you know what i'm making now and i'm like man might have been a better better idea to just play that out um <laughs> but you know uh the, the the dollar amounts only worth so much so so I was doing that wasn't really happy I was about I think I was twenty five um and you know it's funny because now they write books on it and the quarter life crisis given the fact that you know all these kids go to college and you know your your our, our parents and their grandparents came from a generation where you go to college you get a career and that's what you do for the rest of your life and you're set Um, well at twenty five I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to get back into baseball. I felt like I was too young to coach. Um, I just didn't think I'd be, uh, uh, you know, uh, appropriate with the, the kids. Um, and my grandfather umpired. And so I kind of had a, an inclination that, you know, that was a, something I could do. But I, I was I was sitting at my job not working and surfing the internet. And I saw <laughs> MLB had a uh, a seven day clinic in Long Beach, California. Well, sure enough, my roommates from college were living in Long Beach. Um, it was put on. I think it, now it's the Urban Youth Academy. MLB's Urban Youth Academy, and, uh uh-huh. in Long Beach is where we stayed. And the campus, I believe, the, where the fields are, is uh, in Compton. But it's a seven day clinic, and if you didn't, if you didn't need room and board, it was like seven hundred and fifty bucks. It was the week of my birthday. In the first week of November, so i I talked to my mom said, "Hey, if you split can we if you split this with me, can I you know can that be my birthday gift?" She said, yeah, so went down there, hung out with my buddies uh, all week and partied it up, and while they went to work Monday through Friday, I went to this umpire school no no gear, no knowledge of anything i I kind of knew what to do with the plate just because I'd played, right So I kind of knew what that looked like. Uh, but on the bases, I was I was completely lost. I mean, you could have handed me a compass out there, I would have not known what direction the plate was. Like, I didn't know anything on the bases. Um,
0: well, some and... things never change, though, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just learned how to you know play it off. I just got anyway. more comfortable with that with that uh, with that feeling as I my career progressed. But yeah, it was it was really cool. It was awesome. Uh, seven days and unbeknownst to me at the end of the. Uh, at the end of the seven days, they, they told us that they were giving out scholarships. So like on day six, they bring in teams, uh, to play live games and you, and you umpire. And you know, I didn't even know this was happening. I didn't really look at the itinerary. I was stoked to go stay with my buddies and like have something Uh to do. So, so Saturday morning rolls around and it's like, you know, all these guys are breaking out their masks. And what's funny about it is now that I've umpired, right? Like, I have no desire to hand somebody, let somebody I don't know use my mask or wear my (laughs) shoes or wear my gear. Like, I would, you know, I'd be like the last one to volunteer. So, it's like, okay, you Chris Gonzalez, you're going to work the first two innings behind the plate or the first, whatever it was, you know. And I'm like, uh, I don't have any shin guards. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, here you can borrow mine. Uh, I don't have a chest protector. Oh, here, you can borrow mine Uh, or a mask or an indicator on and on and on. You know, I'm just like, oh, this is. So I'm out there in somebody else's stuff, do the whole thing, um, and I get done. And Jerry Lane, because there's there's a bunch of MLB umpires there. Jerry Lane calls me out. You get your kind of, you know, you know how it goes. You get your um, evaluation after. I go behind the plate, and Jerry Lane, you know, big old, big tall guy, you know, Hey, uh, first question, how, how long you been umpiring? And I said, you know, just being bright eyed and bushy tailed. I said, including this week. And he looked at me like I was like this arrogant, pompous, like, you know, <laughs> like, excuse me, you know, kind of perplexed. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, 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 kid, including this week. And I, and I said, well, not including today, five days. And he just you could kind of see his, his face kind of like and all of a sudden it dawned on him. And he's like, oh, you've never umpired before. And I was like, no, no, that's why I asked you if you wanted me to include this week. And he was like, oh, I thought you were being a smart ass. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it went well. Uh, I, I would assume it did. Right. I got a call like three weeks later and Chris Jones um, with uh, at the time it was P-Buck. Chris Jones with P Buck uh, called me and offered me a scholarship to go to Jim Evans Umpire Academy and, uh, you know, had the conversation with my mom. And my mom was wanting me to chase the dream, but uh, she was a little reluctant knowing, you know, the money that I was turning down and, Uh, It was funny because she, I I remember talking to her about it and, you know, she said she'd support me in whatever I do. And I think about my kids now and, you know, I I hope to God that I have that same frame of mind that she did. (laughs) She's very supportive. I don't know that I will, Um, but (laughs) I do distinctly remember her saying, um, you know, I just want you to understand if you take this path, your friends are going to, their lives are going to change within their careers They're going to start making money. You know, you're going to have to forego a lot of things if you really want to do this. And you know, I'm like, Oh, whatever, mom. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. And and I just remember being like in my second year at AAA and like my friends are, you know, eight or nine years into their careers and buying homes and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this is what she was talking about. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a, it, it it was a good run it, it started out with right with it just kind of a on a whim and um it, it just kind of blossomed into something that uh, i I don't regret at all i w- I would do it again in a heartbeat and uh, i'm very fortunate to have had the 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 nine years that I had um, and uh yeah it's uh it's allowed me to walk right into kind of a division one schedule and um, very fortunate for the opportunities
0: and the people that I met along the way well, that's uh, that's very well said, Chris. I think that the constant thing I'm finding on this podcast to talk to anybody is just about the relationships that you come across, the people you come across. That's the things you remember. Those are the things that are most important. Not not uh, a, a play at the plate in in June in uh, you know Victorville or, or something yeah. like that. You know, it, it's it's the relationships and the memories you you have with them. So, but Chris, that still had to be an intimidating. I don't know that. I don't know that I would have the courage to do what you did, to say I'm going to go to this academy. I'm going to go to this umpire, five week umpire course when I have never umpired It came before. I've had no—you you, did—you had no experience, none at all. And that's not yeah. a bad thing because you have no bad habits. But that had to still be intimidating a little bit.
1: Yeah, it, no, no doubt. Um, to be honest with you, it wasn't as daunting in, until when I in, when until I got there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I did the seven day clinic and there's a lot of guys that are just there for kind of to meet the MLB guys. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the competition level was going to be like, um, nor like the age of the guys and that kind of thing. But I I do distinctly remember that first week and kind of like getting out on the field and, And yes, uh, a lot of the guys say, will tell me, you know, oh, well, they love guys that have no bad habits because it's just a clean slate. I can tell you to, you know, stand on your head and it's not hard for you. It might be hard for you to do, but it's, you don't have to, you know, reteach yourself something. It's just, you're just going to go for going to stand on your head. Uh It, It makes sense. But I just remember like that we're in like week two or three and and we're getting into rule book and plays and stuff. And I'm still like, how do these guys get their mask off without their hat <laughs> falling off? Like, I don't understand <laughs> how this happens. You know, like I just, and I also I didn't know I had a low pro- profile map. There was just all these things that like, just holding the indicator and the mask in the same hand, you know, it's week two, week three. And these guys are calling obstruction and sending runners back. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, start over back behind the plate. How do we come out from behind the plate? You know, (laughs) but there is a moment where that kind of clicks. Um, and it's just repetition. It's, uh, you know, muscle memory. Um, and, and you start to figure that out, but, uh, yeah, it was, I do remember going and realizing, man, these guys, and you hear the stories like, Oh, I've been umpiring since I was eight. Or I I had started doing this when I was 10. And, um, but I, I think just ignorance, right? Like it, 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 at the same time, it kind of helps you because I, I, you don't know what you don't know. Um, <laughs> and, and I think and I think umpiring's a lot of that. Um, you can have all the experience in the world, but, um, you know, at the various levels, like you're never ready. Uh, I, I remember when I first got moved to AAA, one of the advice from my uncle, because um, I don't know if we'll get, you know, we'll probably get there, but you know, there was a certain point, right, kind of where we were working, my, my career kind of just took off, like, just shot through the system there for, like, two or three years, and uh, I remember thinking going into AAA after one year at AA, like, I don't know that I'm ready for this, like, uh, Clint Fagan was my first crew chief in spring training, and he always told me, it's not a race to get there, it's not who gets there first, it's who's the most prepared, so I remember going into AAA being like, man, this is MLB supervisors, like, I I don't know that I may, I, maybe I wanted to be a double A crew chief. Like maybe I needed that kind of experience. Um, but it's just, you know, my uncle told me, he said, I've never been, I've never been prepared for a job I've been promoted to. Right. You're never, you're never fully prepared. You're never going to experience everything that you're going to go through. You just got to go through it. Um, you know, somebody sees something in you and thinks that you're capable of doing it. So, uh, you just kind of dive in. So, it's uh it's kind of just kind of what you have to do. And I, I think not having umpired probably probably was a bit of an advantage just because I, I didn't even know what to be nervous about. Like you know, I was I was too worried about getting my mask off to, to know who was watching me or what I should be uh um you know, freaking out about.
0: <laughs> well it worked out for you, Chris, and, and and you know, I was there with you in two thousand nine at the Jim Evans Academy. And I can honestly say, you know, we should be very proud of our class from 2009, especially the Jim Evans side of things, because in general, there's two umpire schools. Usually there's a, th- at that time it was the Evans and the Wendell stat. Now there's two others, but usually out of the, out of an entire class. And I mean, uh, out of both schools, there's right. typically one guy that makes it to the big leagues as a full-time, as a full-time uh, staffer. Our class, not just from our year, but from our school itself, to my knowledge, what? is it four big league hires we've had that are full-time guys now?
1: Gabe, Pat, Carlos.
0: And Ramon. Did Ramon and just Ram- get hired?
1: And Ramon, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, that I mean, four guys that you're on the fields with these guys at the time, running around and doing the same drills, and, and you have no idea that you know, you're standing next to a, a future major league umpire. And, and that was the goal for all of us. And most of us fall short just cause it's, you know, there's only so many, uh, so many <clears throat> spots, uh, you know, on, on the arc and such, but, um, y- you know, I do remember a few things from school. It was the best, one of the best experiences of my life. I had no idea what I was getting into either, but you're there and you start to develop friendships and we all had these name tags and, you know, I was, I was from uh, California and anyone uh, I saw a California name tag. I, I started to, to chat up a little bit, and, and you and I didn't know each other very well, but we chatted a little bit here and there yeah. uh, at, at school. I was a little more shy than, than you. You were a little more, uh, we'll call it the popular guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think but,
1: we just call it loud.
0: <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm sure your family would agree with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. We eventually, the, there were in 2009, there's usually like 20 or so jobs out of the evaluation course. So we both went to, and, 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 and there was only nine jobs. So guys like you and me, we were privileged. We, we were just trying to get to, at the time is like a, the coastal Plain league, which is like a league. They send guys to, to kind of get some work in college wood bat league right before uh, while they're in waiting. So they're doing that rather than just sitting at home. Uh, so we, we went there out of the evaluation course and we worked at a college summer league. We weren't partners, but we, we talked a lot to each other. Mm-mm. And one of the best things uh, as far as a connection with you and me is we were pretty much promoted to minor league baseball the same day uh, or, or within a few days. And I will never forget that drive. It was me, you, Jeremy Rig- Riggs. Who
1: stayed- Ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. He stayed in <laughs> AAA, and it was the three of us driving down. I want to – it was – somewhere one of the Carolinas and we drove down to, uh, uh, probably the Tampa Bay area or something, but it was somewhere in Florida. It was a drive in the middle of the night. And I will never forget that drive because the three of us had been hired. We were going down to Florida to the Gulf coast league. Our career is beginning. And it was just, we were all three of us just, just happy and talking. And that was just a great time.
1: Yeah. I re- I distinctly remember some serious belly, just belly laughter in that ride. Um, <laughs> Just yeah, uh, yeah. Had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, and um, couldn't be further away from home for the two of us. And just <laughs> yeah. super excited. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with just getting out of the coastal plainly. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Gulf Coast League, and then um, I I think so. Then I worked with Chris Tipton and Brian De Brower who is another you know both work college baseball now um, so you, you just go back and you look at it and it's it's crazy how how the relationships um, you know 10 15 years later you're you're you guys are you know you're still in cahoots and a um, lot a lot of fun memories uh, I remember my wife coming to visit uh, with those guys down in the Gulf Coast League um, so yeah it's just a uh, It's kind of a trip. It's a a trip down memory lane and and a lot of, uh, you know, fond memories uh, just from being kind of, again, right, naive and and just uh, (laughs) running out to the field at one o'clock every day. I can think of a lot of learning experiences that uh, (laughs) that happened there in that first year.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there at that and and, uh, and move forward. But the first year, you're so excited to get in pro ball, and then it's like, oh, here it is. Games in the middle of the day in Florida. Nobody's there to watch. It's just a complex field with chain link fences and uh, you know, guys. You're doing the same five or six teams every every day. I and, tell you what,
1: it's it's great preparation for what's about to happen for the 2020 season. Uh, you got that right. You got that right. <laughs> they were onto something. This that was. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh man, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely. I didn't think about that. It's like, oh man, yeah, I have the big leaguers out there doing, doing this yeah. stuff with day games and nobody here. Um, yeah, that's that's the picture uh, painted picture there exactly. But, um, we had the privilege. When we moved through the same leagues for the first three, uh, four, all four years, actually, mm-hmm. uh, the Northwest Midwest league. We, we were not partners in those first two years uh, or three years, but, but we, you know, we communicated a lot. We worked in the playoffs together. That was a lot of fun. And then we get to 2012 and I think both of us drew the, the, the short straw or I, I don't know that, <laughs> that's but, messed
1: up. I was just about to say, it was the first time I uh, got to work with somebody <laughs> that I was like, I actually chose or like, you know, was. I don't know, I had like the I was cursed with partners, not not the Gulf Coast League, um but yeah, I just did not typically get to work with guys that um I was friends with <laughs> off the field, I should say um, so I just remember going into two thousand twelve being like the California League in my in my hometown in my backyard and Hersima's backyard, the socal trips, he's gonna have places to go, the norcal play, you know trips I'm gonna have places to go, this is gonna be awesome, but uh yeah. Honestly um other than my the year with Marley and Garrett uh in AAA like those were my two f- mo- most you know my f- two most favorite uh seasons that I had from a from a partner just you know complete package uh baseball <laughs> it was awesome well,
0: well thank you brother it, it I all kidding aside it was fun we had talked about working together. We wanted to, I think we requested each other. And yeah, we both understood, you know, it was fun because yeah, you Northern California, I had the Southern California stops. And so a lot of family and friends out at all the games and just it was just a blast. And, and we were really trying hard, just focusing on hey, this is the you know the highest level of A ball and we're just looking to get to the next level. I thought we were pretty focused. Um we we did a lot, we spent a lot of time together off the field uh, you know, you were, you were a big, uh, you assisted me in a lot of workouts and stuff. And so that, those were a fun, uh, five months together that, that I'll definitely never forget.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and, and guys that, that do it or kind of always ask about it. It's, it's a long season, right? Um, I tried to come up with ways to keep myself out of, out of the bars and, um, you know, I was at that time engaged. So, um, you know, I, I got into fitness and working out and, um, I feel like it helped me and prolonged, uh, you know, got me some visibility, um, for, for whatever reasons, but, uh, you know, uh, much like, uh, I think media, right. Any, at that point, you're just trying to get seen on the map. So however mm-hmm. you can differentiate yourself, it made me feel better. Um, and then, uh, you know, gave us something to do during the day. Otherwise, I just remember, you know, like I, the sleep schedule, I remember after getting out of baseball, like I was up till 4am every night and I would just sleep till noon, wake up, have lunch, you know, wake up, go to the gym, have lunch and then go to the ballpark. Like that is not normal.
0: No, no, it's not.
1: (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's a different lifestyle. It's certainly a different
0: lifestyle. Well, the number one thing I remember from twenty twelve, you mentioned you were engaged. All of our car rides, every time I felt like I planned your entire wedding. Uh, every time we're in the car together, you and Katerina are talking about something, and you, you're the typical guy. You're just like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, oh, all right. Yeah, oh, uh huh. Yeah, oh my. God. The, the eye rolls I got, Katarina, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> it was, it was so much fun. You know, looking back on it, like I'm oh, like driving like wedding planning. What is this?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but then
0: later in that off season to go to your wedding and see it all come together, uh, you know, <laughs> it was great. It was a great t- experience to be a part of.
1: Yeah. My advice to anyone listening is just to, you know, act like you're engaged. Um, you know, <laughs> just, you know, be, you know, give the impression that you're very interested. Um, and then you just kind of always just kind of like, I, you know, I think you'd probably have the best uh, you know, I I trust your judgment, babe. I don't know. I like that one, or I like that one too. But yeah, yeah. Trust your gut. You just got to come back and just kind of pawn it off, and that's a safe like, safe way to do it. And you can't be blamed for anything. Um, you know, and you, yeah, you're 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 not uh, you're not liable for any of the mistakes that happen. <laughs>
0: Oh man, that's hey, that's that's a guy who's been married a few years, fellas. Yeah. So uh, you know <laughs> and it all started on the minor league baseball car rides of 2012, uh over the phone with a soon-to-be wife. So that that was definitely something unique, Chris. And we always talked about car rides and how that was that was really some of the most fun times looking back, right? Those late night, middle of the night drives. Some of them were rough, but they were also cool because you're the only people on the road, and and you shared some of your more deep conversations in those moments.
1: Most definitely, I think when, as I look back on my career, yes, obviously the the baseball um, was a great experience and got to work it at a high level. But to at a certain point, that becomes muscle memory, um, but or you know or monotonous. It's a game every single day, but it's kind of those interactions off the field. Um, that i that I miss the most is is kind of having that rapport and um, that guys that community uh, I think spring training is still the 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 thing that I miss most um, mm-hmm. but I get a I get a little bit of that and uh, from the, the college game and the more the further I get removed from professional baseball the the more uh, open arms i I have with uh, the NCAA and um as we kind of mentioned, there's, you know, every guy I work with for the most part is an ex minor league guy. And I think it's kind of this misnomer and you're in the game and, you know, you're, you're always thinking, I want to be an MLB umpire. I want to be an MLB umpire. I'm a professional umpire. And, you know, you're talking with the guys and there's always this like, Oh, you know, I'm not these rum, dumb college guys, or you watch the college world series and um. You, you don't realize is nine out of the 10 guys you're talking to is are going to be one of those guys. And mm-hmm. they're much more qualified than, than you just give them credit. Cause you just don't really realize, you know, what, what's going on, um, or, or what it, what it takes or, um, you know, what the transition is after. So it's, uh, it, it it's oftentimes I'm the least experienced guy on the field. So, uh, still a lot to learn. Um, the baseball's a little different, but again, uh, the further I get removed, I, I, it's, you know, this last year, this abbreviated version, I walked out there a couple of times and was like, man, this is good baseball. Um, I have mm-hmm. kind of forgotten. And, and it's all relative. And I was in triple a, I, every, every day we'd come off the field and be like, how are these guys a step away from the major leagues? Like these guys suck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like make a play. So it's all, it's just, I think it's just our nature, right? It's just, you know, mm-hmm. if we're going to be ridiculed and held to a high standard, um, It's just, you're going to, you're going to, there's no clock. You're going to bitch and moan about timing and it's just kind of our, our rite of
0: passage. Yeah, definitely. Transitioning to the college game is, it's, it's not really tough. It's just, you know, you've got to accept where you're at now and you can't, I don't think, and anyone I've come across, you never treat the game. Like it's beneath you, you know, no one's bigger than the game. And what you just said with all the experience in college baseball, nine out of 10 games, RX, triple a, there's even some ex big league guys out there who've had some big league time. So, oh, yeah. th- you know, yeah, those guys are out there working hard. How can you then not look in the mirror and be like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I, you know, I got to whatever level and, and this is beneath you. No, every game is, is an opportunity for you to work hard and work on your craft. So I, I couldn't agree with you more there. Well, in, um, in his perspective. Yeah.
1: I, you yeah. Know, I, and, I, you talk to these guys and you realize that they're older and you're like, dude, this guy, you know, that's me in 10 years. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, like, there's gonna, The cycle never ends. These minor guys are continually going to get pushed into the game. Um, I hope that I have a, the right attitude because that's how I'm going to want to be treated. You know, they, they, <laughs> they deserve the respect. Um, they've put in a lot more time than I have. And, um, obviously you learn that kind of thing in, in the minor leagues, but yeah, that would be my biggest advice to anybody coming out is, um, you know, just make sure you're ready, ready. Uh, if it's going to be a struggle for you, you know, you should definitely, if you think you're above the game, then, you know, take a breather, take a timeout, um, come back to the game when, when, uh, you know, you, you, you miss it or you yearn for it. Um, the nothing, if you, if you force it, it's just going to be a bad experience for everyone.
0: Couldn't agree more. Um, and, and, and Chris, we're, we're, we're good friends and, and as buddies, you know, one of the guys I love to throw, you know, jabs at and to tease, you give it back to me. It's, it's a ton of fun. And, you know, there's a few partners go, go through things together and, you know, we were partners in 2012 and, and I consider us always partners, but, and some things, you know, you experience and, uh, you know, you, you plan, you plan on taking to the grave with you, if you will, um but then when I later find out that uh, maybe a story wasn't as secret as I thought it would be, I thought I would embarrass you a little bit on the show right now with a story because I was in San Diego in February and a guy came up and tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, Hey, I heard a great story about you and Chris Gonzalez when you're in the minor leagues. And I said, Oh really? And he tells me the story and I kind of just chuckled and I was like, Oh, I thought that was a, that was in the vault. I didn't think that would ever get out. So now it's my opportunity to tell that story
1: <laughs> I guys, tell one guy you tell a podcast yeah. I see how this works all right hey, the, hey, the butterfly effect
0: absolutely <laughs> hey you you started this pal i I had the eight years eight years of silence and then said, okay, we're telling <laughs> people fair. so yep yeah, yeah so uh so we were in Lake Elsinore, we're working a baseball game, a day game, and uh, Chris has the plate and I don't remember what month it was it doesn't matter we were just Doing our thing, going through the motions, and we Couldn't go out. Have been that hot? <laughs> <laughs> it could not have been that hot. We go out, and work the game, and I don't know if we knew we had a supervisor there or not, but someone was there watching us—an at yeah, evaluator.
1: This is my excuse for it: is because we did, but because <laughs> you were so
0: nervous, you were so no, nervous. No, 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 no. We'll get there. Okay. Just go. We'll ahead. get there. I'll, let, yeah, I'll just... We'll get your rebuttal in a second. Yeah. So. Uh, Chris we go out on the field he's working the game moving around you know pretty pretty briskly and and uh, we're just working I'm like okay it's another another day another day at the office he calls me down in like the third inning I, I want to say it's the third inning but he calls me down and he's got this panicked look on his face and I go oh no hey partner what do you need I'm here he goes i need to go uh i need to go <laughs> my chin uh, a strap broke on my chin guards i need to go change them out and put my second set on I go okay. I'll hold up the pitcher. So he goes, he sprints up these steps, does what he's got to do. He comes back down, and I go out to the, to the field again. And then it takes me like three or four pitches to realize. I go wait a minute. I've worked with this guy for a few months now. He doesn't have a second set of shin guards. What is he talking about?
1: So good,
0: we man. do the game. We do the game. We get in the locker room. Our evaluator talks to us. He gives us all you know the pointers. Uh, he leaves the room, and Chris nails that evaluation. By the way. Oh yeah oh yeah, absolutely absolutely uh, and and uh, I think you had this just huge relief on your on your face and, and I you you always to me uh, maybe I was the one you always seemed like extra nervous around the evaluators when they were in town and you know it is what it is and I was just like hey what yeah dude what's wrong? you're you like, oh my goodness and you just had this panicked look on your face I'm like, what is wrong what is wrong with you and you looked at me and you went, I worked the first three innings of the game without shin guards on. And I said, what do you mean without shin guards? He goes, yeah, I ran up the tunnel. I didn't have my shin guards on for three innings. I said, you didn't have shin guards on like you could have what? And then you were just like, I'm so glad he didn't notice. I'm like, notice you're lucky. You're not in the hospital. One foul ball off your shin. You would have been a cripple. Like,
1: anyway, I've never been so scared on the baseball field in my life. <laughs> Wait, all three innings? Or, or when
0: you finally discovered that you didn't?
1: <laughs> when I So, all right, all right, all right. Back up, all right. So <laughs> did we know that there was a supervisor? In a, it was Hollowell. We're in Lake mm-hmm. Elsinore, and we're getting ready before the game. And Hollowell knocks on the door and comes into our locker room before the game, which is not usually normal. So we're sitting mm-hmm. there talking, just hanging out. You know, I think we rubbed up baseballs there, whatever. Hanging out, da da da. Knock on the door. Hey, we're ready for you guys. Hallwell. Oh, sorry guys. Uh, I'll let I'll get out of here. Let you guys go. And so like I'm just kind of disheveled. Like oh shit, they're ready for us. I didn't even realize what time it was. Hallwell's just talking to us about you know how he does. Probably not even anything about baseball. Um, <laughs> and and I just remember grabbing my mask and going down. So we go and you were generous. You said the third inning. I'm pretty sure it was the fifth inning. Um. <laughs> And I remember, I remember it (laughs) vividly. So it's a first to third rotation, base hit. uh, I go up to third, you know, I'm screaming my head off like I still do. The the college guys still make fun of me. Um, You know, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, you know, I'm going home and I'm coming home and I'm thinking to myself, as I'm running home, I'm like, damn, I am fast. Like, I am just, I feel so, I am just on nails right now. Like, I feel so good. Like, athletics, I'm getting up to the third, getting back down. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like there's an extra step. You know, I got an extra step when I didn't realize I got, you know, a a few less ounces. But, um, so I get behind the plate and the next pitch comes in. I put my hands on my knees and... I always rest my hands on my, I don't know why it took me so long to realize this, but I always rest my like fingertips on my, on my knees. And I, you know, I'm kind of tapping my fingers and I'm tapping my kneecap. And I'm like, what the, and I looked down and I was like, Oh my God, I do not have shin guards on. And so then I am like, just cause behind the plate, like hiding behind the catcher, just praying that I don't get hit. Right. And I remember calling you in and just being like, I gotta, I gotta go, you know, get my, get my other pair of guards. I think it took me like two outs to think about what I was going to tell you. I don't know why I couldn't have <laughs> just told you, but I didn't want you to to know how much of a, I, I mean, you already knew what kind of fuck up I was. So yeah. I don't know. what I don't know what, I don't know, but I just wasn't prepared to face the music yet. So and if you remember Lake Elsinore, right, it's like two stories of you like you go, steps. You, you go up the steps, and then there's a little like plateau. It levels out, and then you go up another like flight of steps. So I just remember being like, all right, I'm going. And I remember running up there, busting through the door, and I get in. I put my shin guards on, right, take my mask. I got my mask in my hand. I get in, put my shin guards down, and should put them on, get out the door, start running down. I get to the plateau, and I realize – fuck I put my mask down I didn't grab my mask when I was coming back out so I had to run back up and go get my mask and I'm just disheveled I'm just a mess right I'm sweating I'm all nervous like I come out everyone's waiting like I didn't even make it out you know I didn't even make it up and back in the amount of time that I need to come out you're like between first and and uh and home you guys are waiting for me and I run out into the field and do you, do you? Did you forget this part? I get behind the plate and all of a sudden I just hear you yelling, "Chris, Chris, Chris!" And I'm like, "What's up?" I look at you and you like point, you know, like and then you're pointing at like my shin guards and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I changed them, thanks." And and you're like, <laughs> "No, Chris, Chris!" And you're screaming at me again. I'm like, "What?" And you pick up your 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 foot and like grab at the at your ankle at your pant leg, and I had tucked. When I put my shin guards on so fast my <laughs> pant leg got tucked into the strap. And so when I ran out, like I had one of them, I had one, you know, LL Cool J leg that I ran onto the onto the field with. So I was just I just remember being like, Oh, this is so I'm gonna get released. That's all I kept thinking about was like, dude, they're they're gonna be like, you can't even get dressed for a game. How do you expect to be a man yeah. of the umpire? You know? Um <laughs> But, yeah, the hardest part was once we got into the room and we were we were being uh, – Hollowell was showing us the video, and he's showing us, like, you know how it starts. Uh, oh, you guys look good in the national anthem, da-da-da, and he pans down. Excuse me, and he's looking at us, and he's looking at us, and you can see the winds blowing, and you can see that I'm not wearing shin guards. It's just my shin and my leg and, like, a little calf. You know, like, the pants are just blowing, and I'm just like, oh, my God, he's going to notice. The whole time, I'm just, you know, holding my breath, like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But, uh, yeah, we nailed that evaluation. And, uh, you know, so I was – because when people always say, like, oh, I don't understand how guys could work a game without their shin guard. Like, I still don't understand how someone could go out there without their mask. But, I mean, I kind of understand (laughs) <laughs> you know like i i
0: kind of get it
1: shin guards you know like i it's doable
0: do you put those on like 30 minutes before the game now just to make sure oh i'm,
1: I'm i always tell the guys like i'm uh <laughs> i i i peak early because otherwise i get yep. like that like there's a lot of guys that don't get dressed to the last second like i rather i just get dressed and then i just hang out when i have the plate Mm. or anything otherwise i just i i don't i hate that last minute like oh da 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 and then like you get out there and like oh i don't have my glasses and i'm just that guy so i've just learned to um you know work around that you got to work with what you got
0: yeah yeah shingards are not that is a <laughs> that is a that is a former AAA a baseball umpire <laughs> and and a father of two ladies and gentlemen yeah
1: well <laughs> come, yeah coming to a town near you soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Christopher Gonzalez. Yes, sir. Uh, just amazing times from 2012, man. And I don't know if you have any uh, fond memories of that season that stick out like that one does for well, me. Well, I mean, but... if
1: yeah, if we're going to embarrass me, I do remember this game in, in Visalia. It's like a hundred. I think we're out
0: of time. Out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. I can go ahead.
1: No. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, having to run uh in between innings i do let's remember... keep this
0: pg if we can <laughs> I let's, do let's not
1: all, right, sure. all i will say is you know visalia it's not the most pleasant um you know environment <laughs> you're working like a, a cage match uh the dugouts are everything's just real tight it's like 120 yeah. degrees i don't know what it was, it was it's dry heat though it's a dry heat it's like 110 <laughs> right um, dressing room, no, you know, just a fan. It's like the size of a closet and we get out there and we're working and I don't know, in between one of the innings, I just remember you calling me down and be like, dude, I got to go to the bathroom so bad. And I just remember <laughs> you like going in and like, where's the bathroom? And it's in the dugout and you got to use the dugout. And I just remember like every, they'd throw in their, Eight pitches or whatever it was, and I remember them being like, "Dude, is is he coming out?" And I was like, "Uh," oh. you like, "Is he sick?" And I was like, "Uh." uh well, it's yeah. tough
0: when you actually wear shin guards, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: yeah. know,
0: a, a lot of layers to take off.
1: But I just remember and like just trying to buy time. Like, oh, he doesn't feel good. And I remember I can't even remember who the visiting team was. He came out and he's like, "What's up? Is he sick? Do you, Do you think you need to work the plate?" And I was like. And I just, you know, I leveled with him. It's one of the things I learned in umpiring. Like, if you're just honest, like, it makes things so much easier. And then he he was like, man, he must have had to go so bad if if he's doing it right now. And I was like, "Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah. Obviously. But I just remember you coming out. And obviously, there's no air conditioning in the bathroom. I remember you. And there's. Beads of sweat <laughs> all over you, and you're just trying to walk back like nothing's like just trying to play it cool. Like, all right, let's go, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, that was one of my, my I think,
0: uh, I think that was probably the worst, uh, the most you've ever had to conquer like body language in your life. In life, to, but <laughs> then walk back out and have this authoritative presence. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, at that point, I think I was just like, well. Whatever, let's go. And <laughs> you know, everyone what?
1: in the dugout's like, dude, I think he just dropped a deuce in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm human being. I'm sorry. But, yeah, you guys think we're robots out here. Yeah, what you guys get to rest every uh three hours, so yeah. Oh, my bad. Anyway, uh, okay, well, I, I hope I wouldn't be yeah. oh, well, let's try to move on to something which uh, uh, fun.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed
0: that. <laughs> oh man. Oh I, yeah, I bet you do at my expense, but uh, <laughs> we have a couple of uh, connections that we didn't know about. We have two people that we both knew or came across and uh, we later found out that we knew them or that, you know, you, the just, just different connections. And one of them was on the podcast, uh, Jeff Levering, yeah. major league baseball broadcaster I worked with him when I was uh, in my senior year of college as like an intern for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes in the Cal League. That's where we met and we formed some uh, some friendship, a relationship, and he moved on through double AA and triple A, and we later, you and I were talking about, um, you know, our, our stories and just different things we've done, and I brought up, yeah, I worked for this really cool broadcaster and Jeff Levering, and, and you were like, what, Jeff Levering? and you actually went to high school with Mr. Jeff Levering.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were uh we were high school uh, uh same class and and played baseball together uh, at Jesuit in Sacramento. So um a lot of a lot of fun memories with Jeff. He's probably the uh the best opposite field hitter uh, I've ever seen. Um, quite talented wow. guy besides uh being um obviously very blessed and, and talented in his professional career, um, he could swing it.
0: Yeah, he, he played at Chapman University down here in Southern California, won a national championship, and and it was cool. I was talking to him on the podcast how cool it must have been for him because they played the D3 championship at uh, in Appleton uh, in the Midwest, uh, Wisconsin. Remember, mm-hmm. Chris, the Midwest, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, we both worked there. Yeah, that's Pimble where the World Series was. Yeah, Timber Rowlers. Yep. and 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 uh, that place. Oh my goodness, be three thousand people tailgating on a on a Tuesday night. Yep. Those people love their, their tailgating. I think more than baseball, but yep. that's Wisconsin for you. But I, you know, I talked to Jeff. I said, man, it must be so cool. The fact that that it comes full circle for you. You you play your you win a national championship in in college in in Wisconsin, and then you end up being the broadcaster for the Brewers. And the the comment was just talking about how crazy the baseball world is how how the connections and stuff you have someone knows someone you know or or you know vice versa it's just really funny to to think about it
1: yeah i don't know if you guys talked about it uh when uh, on the podcast but i i think i recall him even saying um you know his experiences from chapman or who he played with the chapman uh was i think somehow involved with his connections to the brewers um, who kind of helped him get a break? So, um, like we were saying, as far mm. as the career, right? Uh, you get to touch a lot of people. You get to see a lot of cities across the U.S. Some, you know, more glorious than others. Um, but uh, there's no escaping the 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 networking opportunities and the broad reach that the uh, the game will give you. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure it just it it's exponential at uh, at his level.
0: Very much so, and and in 2010, Chris, we were in the Northwest League, and I got a call from a colleague who was telling me about this new opportunity to work at Fox Studios, and oh, yeah. it sounded interesting. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great," and 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 uh, I started telling you about it and who I was going to end up working for, and I said, "Yeah, Mike Pereira," and you you kind of looked at me and you said, "Mike Pereira, uh, my my mom used to do like." style his hair or something because yeah. he's from Sacramento also so what was that connection again?
1: yeah so Pereira's wife is I believe who is from Sacramento um
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was has been a client of my mom's for I, I want to say you know tens of years um so my mom <laughs> had always done her hair and I remember growing up and like when I started doing this baseball thing and you know my mom's if anyone has anyone involved with you know, being beauty and hairstyling, they talk a lot, right? Like that's what they do all day. <laughs> so it was always like, Oh, I know someone who does this, or I know someone who does that. So you just kind of in one ear out the other, you know, I was always growing up like the kids were always like, Oh, I love your mom. She's so cool. My mom always knew what the hell was going on with me. Like, Oh, I heard about the party Saturday, you know, cause she would hear it from in the chair. She knows someone who knew someone who was like six degrees of Kevin Bacon every you know weekend. Um, <laughs> So, so I remember getting into baseball. She, She's like, hey, you know, Mike told me that he'll put in a hug, you know, if there's anything he can do to help you, you know, to let him know. And I'm like, who is Mike? I don't know. And then when the whole <laughs> – you know, I was like okay yeah thanks mom and what does he do oh he's in nfl like that i'm like mom it's a different sport like you know like i didn't know i didn't, we were just talking about how small the sports communities are i i mean it probably could have helped me but i, I just you know i didn't know i thought i knew everything i still i still do um it's it's, a, it's what makes you think you can be an umpire <laughs> um so yeah she did her hair forever and did mike's hair um when he lived in in sacramento so for a long time I think when he did, because he was only on the field for a short amount of time, I believe, and then in the NFL, yeah, yeah. and then became the um, I don't even know what the the vice president of officiating, yeah, the VP of officiating. So that was the position he was in. I you know I didn't even know what the hell that was, um, and then started seeing him on TV and was like, oh, my mom does that guy's hair. You know, like all of a sudden it was like <laughs> it was a lot cooler. So yeah, I remember you saying that, um, and uh, she would always talk about you know, he's always so dressed. He's always dressed to the nine and, you know, like, and he he, always nice hair and well-groomed and da da da. So once I met him and started seeing him on TV, I was like, oh my God, my mom's been telling me about, about this guy for years. And, (laughs) um, you know, much appreciated was the opportunity to come to the studios and, and, and check that out. That is a, it's really cool to see that live and, um, you know, see Howie and, and uh you know the gang doing their thing on a sunday so um yeah very 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 cool and uh he's always been uh um you know uh open and, and uh willing to uh to help so he, he's been uh he's been a, a good dude i know you get to you know uh converse with him often and, uh <laughs> you're still doing that yeah
0: yeah, I'm there uh, Saturdays and Sundays. He's flying around more to like the Fox game of the week. So Blandino's more in the studio now. But, That's right. you know, Pereira, uh, now that you're living in San Jose, he played baseball at Santa Clara University, right up the road from where you're living now. So it, the world just gets smaller. I didn't realize another
1: Jesuit school. So I went to Jesuit in high school, yeah, Santa <laughs> Clara, the whole uh, Catholic education. So, um, yeah, very, very small, small world.
0: Very much so. Well, well, Chris, uh, I'm so glad things are, are going well for you. And, you know, it's been quite a ride. Uh, the, the stories we've shared together, the opportunities we get to talk, we're both busy guys, you more than me with the family and, and everything, uh, but it's, it's just relative. always fun to chat. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to chat. And then, you know, Uh, share stories and just anytime we get to get together through college baseball we we still haven't got to work in college baseball yet but you know just the meetings and all these different things it's just it's always fun to to hang out and 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 get to you know look back at some uh, good times and some times ahead.
1: No no doubt Um, you know uh, as we kind of mentioned there's a, a few select people that you know, regardless of baseball or the circumstances and, uh, you know, where the the family goes and your life leads that, uh, you'll hold on to and, and you're definitely one of them. So I appreciate uh, you having me on and, um, you know, wish the, uh, the best to you and, and yeah, look forward to getting down there when all this is over and, and, uh, breaking in that uh, bar again, I've only had one opportunity to get over there. So, um, you know, I, I, all my trips to LA got cut short this year, so, uh looking looking forward to making up for lost time
0: Another big thank you to Christopher Gonzalez for joining us on the program. It was so fun talking about the old minor league days and he's a good friend that I am happy to have in my life and it's been a pleasure to get to know his family so much over the years. My best to Katarina, Dante, and Roman at home, as well as Katarina's family and uh, Chris's family on both sides there. It's all one big family, and uh, I consider you family, uh, brother. And, and it was so much fun to listen to you, uh, well, not tell every story, but some of the stories. So thanks so much for joining us. Guys, that will wrap up another fun week on the Get Home Safe podcast. We've had some great guests. I am so grateful that. So many of them were able to join us. Uh, we already have a full slate for next week, and I can promise you it's going to be a fun, fun week after we take a couple days off here for the weekend. On Monday next week, we're going to be joined by Sam Hirsima. He makes a re- uh, return appearance on the podcast. My one and only uh, blood brother, Sam Hirsima, will be joining us for a nice, uh, nice long sit down and Last time we talked, we had some audio issues, but this time I think it'll be fun to just kind of talk about quarantine and what his life is like and also our lives growing up together. Looking forward to that very much so. On Tuesday, we're gonna be joined by Captain Maynard Bajorquez of the United States Army. Maynard was a Rio Hondo Prep graduate. He then went on to West Point and graduated there. He's been in the Army for 10 years. He's now a captain, so I'll let him talk all about that journey. On Wednesday, Bill Barnes makes his return appearance, his weekly appearance on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Strong opinions, random thoughts, some controversial uh, verbiage at times, but we wouldn't have any any other way. Looking forward to having him back on the program. On Thursday, we're going to be joined by Phil Solis. He's a college football official, but he also works in the financial industry right now. And he's going to tell us about some of the effects of what's been going on with, with his line of work in the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, it's going to be educational. as, as Something he's very passionate about is, is the finance side of things right now. So we'll definitely learn something from Phil. On Friday, we will be joined by Joe Wellman. He is an assistant coach. Uh, at the university, or Cal Baptist University, I should say, assistant basketball coach. That is, he's got experience coaching at Citrus College as well. So we'll have a nice long conversation with him, just about uh, some of the old days when he was a Cardinal in Carey Youth League, and then going into coaching at the college level, and just seeing that uh, you know everything happens for a reason. So really looking forward to all of those guests next week. Great interview set up. Uh, Excited about them. I can promise you there'll be something for everybody here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Thank you to everyone who is a listener who's been a who's favorited our show or made our show a favorite on the Anchor app. Uh, Thank you for listening on all the other platforms. You can follow us uh, with everything we do on our Facebook and Instagram. Get Home Safe Podcast is the official title for that. Get Home Safe Pod is our Twitter handle. And get home safe podcast at yahoo.com is our email address if you'd like to reach out to us that way. So, many different ways to listen, many different ways to follow. Thank you to all of you. We're going to take a couple days off here for the weekend. Christopher Gonzalez, thank you for getting us around third and home safe for the weekend. And to everyone else, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.